Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venueland, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. Today's adventure takes us for the very first time on Adventures in Venue Land to Puerto Rico, uh, San Juan, right off the beaches, where we are talking with the Vice President of International Business Development uh, for the Oakview Group. Please welcome Wesley Cullen. How are you doing? Hi. Hi, guys. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. You're also the the first guest we've had that, to do a podcast while in your car. A lot of our listeners <laughs> listen in their car, but not you're the first one to actually record in the car. Sounds like you're having your own adventure today. Always. Life is an adventure. <laughs> and yes, today's involves demolition and some electricity adventures in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Always something fun, right? Yes. Well, tell us about your current role, because I know that this is kind of, uh, you, you've, I'm so excited to talk about your, your adventure because you've had such a great path in, in and out of this industry and out and back in, but, but you've got a very cool new role here and, and tell us all about it. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I love it. I'm very excited and happy to, to be doing it. Um, so I'm working with OVG, Oakview Group, uh, that people in the industry are starting to get more and more familiar with. And I know you've had some great guests on, like Jeff Nickler, to, yeah. to help spread the good word. But this is, you know, founded in 2015 by Tim Lewicki and Irving Azoff. And really like doing cool and innovative things. The tagline that I absolutely love because it's one I use personally in my life and then saw OBG was using about positively disrupting, really. And the fact that in the venue space, there's still so much opportunity for innovation. And these guys have always been innovators in the business. So they are not only doing amazing, or we are not only doing amazing things in the United States, but around the world. And I've gotten to join the team to help bring more amazing venues to amazing cities around the world. Talk to us a little about your current role, where you are, you know, this is something that we've not had anybody with this title. So what does it mean to be the vice president of international business development? (laughs) Oh, I'm still learning. But the most exciting (laughs) project now, because there is a lot going on and it's super cool. Um, So... Well, let's see how far we zoom out. But so in my case, just to to be more clear there, uh, we are building an arena in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So part of it is uh, helping lead that relationship from where we're just getting started on the design till we open it, build the team and, you know, develop and deliver the greatest arena in South America. Uh, So that is super exciting. So I have a particular focus on South America, and that has to do with, with my background and the fact that I'm in Puerto Rico today coming to you from the car and, and loving working in Latin culture and countries. Uh, and there's a lot of exciting things going on in, the, in Latin America that we can talk about if, if you like, and Sao Paulo is certainly part of that. Um, OBG also has projects literally all over the world. You know, so many of the arenas that at one point were great uh, are now over 30 years old sometimes 40, 50, you know, legacy historic buildings that we adore and have so many wonderful memories, but new ones are just way cooler (laughs) and they're also more sustainable, right? You're applying new technology and 
you know, there's amazing renovations that, that we do and that occur. Um, but, you know, building new ones is so exciting. And when you talk about OBG does it through private funding. So it also just makes it so much more efficient and opens up a lot of possibility that when, you know, I spent 10 years working with an SFG managed facility, the Coliseo de Puerto Rico, when you're a management company, uh, it's a different approach sometimes. So it's, it's super exciting. So in terms of my role, I work with an industry like legend named Brian Kabatsnik, who has done international development for Ticketmaster, SMG, and AEG. So he knows the entire world of venues, like nobody else in the world. This morning, we were on a call with his old friends. He didn't just meet them in Gothenburg, Sweden, um, you know, uh, and and all over the world. You know, he every day he's talking to everyone and talking about exciting possibilities. And so I get to join the team of doing that as well. I think that's one of the really exciting things that we hear again and again from our different guests with Oakview Group is, you know, it's it's growing at a fast speed, which, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure creates its own um, challenges, but there is so much innovation and there is so much growth opportunities, whereas sometimes, you know, within certain companies, uh, I don't want to say certain companies are kind of resting on their laurels, but, you know, you get certain venues and you sort of just, uh, you know, keep them maintaining and maybe add one here or there, whereas it seems like that's a really big active part of Oakview Group's mission is acquiring new properties, building new new things, developing new things. So, you know, I know on in the continental states, it has grown rapidly over the last, you know, two or three years. And so I'm sure that's kind of an exciting thing to be a part of that on the international scale, as I'm sure they're, like you're mentioning, down in Brazil, but also all over the world, they're probably uh, looking to expand dramatically there too. Yep. And it's almost having to select opportunities uh, because it is a new company that's growing so quickly, but it's also, you know, we have quality standards and have to be able to, de- to deliver. There's a lot in the pipeline, but it's, it's super exciting. Because, and there's place for both, right? There are, um, you know, thousands of venues around the world. So some of them like, you know, it's chill. They're, they're chilling, they're, they're maintaining, you know, you always have room for innovation and the ability to grow and do more, but not everyone wants to do that right now, but there's a lot of exciting cities and projects. And if you think about just focusing on capital cities and how many countries there are in the world and the type of events that they like to have, uh, the diversity of what you get to do with venues is, I don't, for me, that's what I love. I love it. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's exciting. And to get to work on building those relationships, exploring those possibilities and building or renovating those arenas is yeah, what I get to work on every day. You know, you mentioned, you know, the, you know, the, the, obviously the different cultures and talking a little about the international experience as far as live music goes, are, is it, is it pretty similar to what we know here in the States or is there a, a deeper uh, fan base or, or what is, what is the live music experience? Like this, you know, particularly when you're talking about a place like, you know, Brazil. Um, I think there's things that are universal and things that are local <laughs> everywhere. Right. So each band generates its own vibe and has its own culture as it were. Right. So how the audience likes to dress and behave when they show up, what they, you know, all of it, whether they want to be standing or seated, you know, if it's a GA or it's a reserved, all of that. So it's about what the, what the audience wants. Um, And there's a lot of similarities there. And that's where like, you know, venues are designed with flexibility more and more these days. Right. That's one of the innovative aspects. Um, 
right? Like Moody is so cool how the air met the acoustic mesh panels instead of old school curtains and stuff like that, that just makes it, you know, when you focus on the fan experience, makes it like so much cooler and more innovative and, and gives you more flexibility. And then, you know, Latin and Brazil, and you think about soccer cultures and the type of music, it's high energy. So it is like, you know, a really high energy fan base that, that is giving a lot versus there are other countries where their way of expressing themselves might be a little lower or a little, you know, less loud. Um, yeah, and then yeah, there's yeah. some, you know, Brazil's on the louder side. It's the, you know, it's a, it's, it's a big country. Um, a lot of population think about carnival, right? Like it's an out loud kind of event. And that's uh, one of the iconic events of the, of the country. So I think it's great fan base, great audiences. It's why it makes it, you know, a great market and they you know, create a new space for artists to perform. And we just had uh, Iron Maiden uh, at, uh, at National mm-hmm. Arena here in Columbus a couple of days before we recorded this podcast. But I ran into, on the plaza, a couple of fans from Brazil. Cool. And they were talking about how they saw the band, you know, on the tour throughout South America. Uh, you know, and, and you wouldn't necessarily think of Iron Maiden as a big band that's got a, a huge international following. These guys, they, they were carrying their Brazilian flag with them. Uh, mm-hmm. But... The one of the one of the gentlemen there, it was his hundred and sixty fifth time seeing Iron oh Maiden. You know, so there's obviously a, uh, a wide variety of uh, uh, music that's uh, that's popular there. Rock is huge um, and it's awesome. Like, yeah, Brazilians, Argentinians, Chileans, like all kinds of. I mean, everyone around the world, right? Like, they they like to rock just like everybody else um, and and go for it. So yeah, it's a fun place. When you're when you're building a venue. Uh, you know, again, anywhere that's not your hometown, right? You know, you really have to, you know, get to know the the you know the local aspect because being a part of the community is such a a key piece to success. Talk to me about being in Puerto Rico, but thinking about building an arena in a city that you may not be as familiar with. That's the adventure, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, in venue land. Venue land is the conduit for the amazing adventure. And, you know, it gets, yeah. we get to do something amazing. So that's what I love. My whole career has been and my whole life about that. Like, and it's bringing people together across cultures. Um, so it's a lot of learning. Uh, the other day I heard a great line. And so I'm going to start using it. And you guys are going to be the first ones to hear it, I think. Um, to the, I travel a lot, right? Um, so where do you yeah. live? And the line is, I'm living wherever I am. My mail goes to Puerto Rico, <laughs> you know, so Puerto Rico's home. I love um, that. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> so, because I am, I'm living here with you guys right now. <laughs> um, so my home is Puerto Rico, you know, and it's, it's you know, where I want to come to recharge and refresh on my community and some of my family is. But Sao Paulo is my new kind of home. I have to care about that just as much as I care about where I live because what we're doing, you know, and I don't want to be like hyperbole about it, but like, our industry and our careers on the menu side is awesome. Sometimes people think it's boring because we're not the promoters. Like it's awesome. <laughs> we get to build yeah. these things that completely change cities and bring people together. And I love it. So that's why I'm doing it. So Sao Paulo for me is like, I'm consuming and learning everything I can about it. Um, I'm spending, I'll spend more and more time there. And I'm curious and enjoy that, you know, and it's hard work sometimes. Like, you know, well, I have multiple times a week, I'm on Zoom, so it's like 37 people, um, because you're bringing together a lot of people and across a lot of cultures and inclusion, which is a passion of mine, it takes time and it takes patience and it takes a lot of curiosity, but that's kind of my nature. So yeah, I'm enjoying learning about it and it's important, I think, to do so because 
while it's something we'll all be very proud of, we're doing it for the city and people of Sao Paulo. So I wouldn't know any other approach. And I think everyone who works on venues probably feels the same way. I love many of those terms you mentioned, like curiosity and the adventure and stuff like that. And I do think maybe that is like a through line for you is if you enjoy traveling so much, uh, I think you have to have that, you know, almost comfort and being uncomfortable and maybe uncomfortable is not the right term, but like being out of your element, but embracing that and really kind of embedding wherever you are, but also appreciating that every culture, every location is unique and different. And that's what makes them special. You know, you don't want to change and, you know, you don't want to make everyone the same because then that, you know, what fun is that? Like you need everyone to kind of live their best life in their own way um, and let, you know, let Brazil be Brazil and let Puerto Rico be Puerto Rico and all, you know, all the European countries, it's, it's kind of this beautiful thing, but is that one of your sort of attractions to travel and, you know, going to different countries? Like, do you, do you just love, have you always loved that type of adventure? Yep, for sure. It's in my DNA, I'm pretty sure. Um, and, uh, and I grew up moving and it's what I love the most. I mean, the world is so diverse and amazing and I just love discovering it and interacting with and bringing together all the people all over the place. I don't care if it sounds cheesy. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I think it's beautiful. No, no, not at all. Not at all. First of all, I love that I live where I am. I love that. That's great. Yep. Um, so so where, where are you from originally? Well, we don't need to take the whole time for that. It's a long story. Um, my parents are American from New England, and I was born in Spain. We left when I was about eight months old, though, so that's not... I was, I was definitely born in Spain. It's part of where my soul is from. And then kind of moved around a lot from there. So I went to a lot of schools before I graduated, but a little bit of it was abroad and a little bit of it was New England. Yeah, because you spent some time, what, studying, studying history in college? I did, yes. And then as part of that, I also went back to, I went to Spain again for a year abroad in Sevilla. So I always like, was kind of drawn back to Spain and wanted to learn to speak Spanish. And sometimes, you know, I kind of look like one thing on the outside, but my soul is a little bit uh, different on the inside and really, you know, it was a culture that I felt that I relate to. Well, talk to us about getting from that, that, that uh, young woman studying history in college to becoming the international uh, manager of live events uh, for uh, WWE back in the, back just a, a few years ago, maybe uh, the early 2000s. Yes, a few years ago. I don't know how it's so many, but life flies. Well, it was an unexpected turn, <laughs> not something I ever in my life thought I would have been doing, especially since part of that international upbringing was not the military. It was much more a peace and love kind of environment. My parents don't like to be called hippies, but uh, kind of that kind of vibe. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, so to end up working at wrestling was was unexpected, but it, there were some personal reasons surrounding the timing that it worked out for me, but also it was an opportunity where I had kind of gone discovering that I liked this events industry through other experiences. Uh, and it was an opportunity to learn more about it and then to do international work. And all I wanted to do was travel around the world and make the world a better place. <laughs> um, and so I got that. to do that and it was just really incredible. And we can talk about how that opportunity came about, if you like. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, did that for a little while. And from there is where I got to Puerto Rico by kind of design. So yeah, kind of jump around there and whatever you might be interested in. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think 
so much, uh, you know, people plan so many things in their lives and there's so much, I, I don't know, uh, randomness that really has to be thrown into the mix. And I think that's part of the beauty of life. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, sometimes it's not even the things you want. And then all of a sudden it ends up being the things you want because, you know, life throws you a curveball and you, you have to do your best to anticipate it and, you know, have fun and adapt. But yeah, I mean, I, I would love to learn more about it. So, I mean, what, like, how did that all develop? So I think there's like two kind of overarching lessons and then I can tell you my stories from them. And one is like, you know, you got to go for it. But the other is that before you go for it, you have to know what you want. Um, and that like, yeah. so I arrived to Puerto Rico by design. Um, no, you know, come back to that. With WWE, I was still young and didn't fully know what I want, wanted my life to look like. And of course, that can change at any time. Um <laughs> But I had an idea of what I didn't want. Like, you know, by the time I graduated from college and I had a couple different jobs and internships, you know, you, I had at least narrowed down some of that. And like my driving force was travel and discover the world. And then discovered, okay, I like kind of like organizing things. I always like leading things. Since I was little, I like to be in charge. Um, and that lends itself well to events, right? I'm collaborative and empowering. It's not about, you know, in a bad way, but uh, I think anyone who works in events and venues is someone who's willing, you know, says, yes, I'll take that responsibility and, and make that happen. Um, sure. And uh, so while I randomly get this opportunity, like you said, sometimes there's luck random, you know, it's, it's all the whole long backstory of how it happened, but I randomly get this opportunity to work at WWE and I'm there uh, kind of on a temporary basis and the opportunity comes up where there's a gap and there's a need for someone to work on international things. Right. Cause there'd been like a decade where they really hadn't focused on the international window. Exactly. And they'd hired somebody to come in and develop that because there was TV distribution around the world. So you could do events around the world, you know, again, they had at one point. And so a man came in to, to lead that initiative, but then that didn't work out and he went on and took another role. So it had started in motion and it was kind of like, all right, well, who's going to, Who's going to take this and run? What do we, what, you know, what do we do with this? So at that moment, I raised my hand and was like, I want to do that. <laughs> Me, Wesley, over here, who really doesn't know a lot about what's going on. Well, you volunteered, was, right? You put your hand yeah. up. Yeah. But I was learning how the company worked, how booking worked. I was you know, in that department. And I guess it shown myself to be, you know, a, a quick learner and curious and and wanting to. Um, and so I was given the opportunity. And it was, I'm super grateful for that. And it was absolutely amazing because from there I got to go on and, you know, research and get to know countries, venues and promoters around the world and then work on these tours around the world and do events and all over the world. And it was absolutely incredible and learned so much and uh, experienced so much and like got to contribute a lot too, I think. Uh, we did a lot of great things. Yeah. I mean, you are all of a sudden you find yourself routing, booking, planning, managing events, uh, Australia, Finland, Germany, Ireland, and Malaysia, Mexico, right? Uh, you know, Thailand, uh, you know, so you've got all of a sudden, did, was there a moment when you're like, am I, am I really made it kind of for doing this? Or were you, were you just kind of faking it until you made it? Yes and no, right? Like, I think that I have a little trouble with those words because like learning isn't faking it, right? Um, sure, and yeah. it goes toward, like, I've had to think a lot about imposter syndrome and stuff like that because, of course, I do suffer it. 
Um, but learning isn't faking it. Learning, I'm, I can say I'm learning it and be adding value at the same time. But essentially towards the essence of what that means, you know, yes, I was, <laughs> I was jumping in and and that's always, I think that that's always been the case in my career. And it's the case in anyone's career growth is that someone has to say, we'll give you the chance to do what you don't already know how to do. Um, that's the next step. It's a stretch, right? Uh, and so I'm you know, grateful to some people along the way who said, give her the chance. You know, I vouch that she'll learn quickly enough rather than, yeah, she's got it, right? And so I got the chance to learn quickly enough. But yeah, it was amazing. And obviously, like, you know, I was relying on a team of super experts in their area who also had to stretch and maybe learn new things to make these tours possible outside the United States. But it's not like I went and did it all by myself. I got to do loads of stuff, but learned from them uh, along the way too. I love that. I think uh, it's it's funny. Sometimes people are kind of unfairly expected to be the experts already into a new role, but we should all be growing throughout our career, right? And so you can't just, you know, of course, you're not going to necessarily jump from like being a coordinator to being a GM, but, but there should always be this knowledge that is expected every jump up, you know, and and people should not have this, you know, expectation that someone's just going to come in and hit the ground running and be perfect at everything like and that would be boring for both the person taking that role and for the people learning because you want fresh perspectives, you want you know, you need people that are learning, but also, you know, you don't want the person that's already been there knows everything because then they think they know everything. You know, you need you need fresh eyes. You need someone that's going to learn, but they might learn it a different way and, and learn it a better way, you know? Yep. And I mean, that's innovation, right? So it is. And I think it's where inclusive and dynamic and innovative teams will involve the experts who are still curious and will involve the fresh eyes <laughs> you know and it takes work um, it's, it's easier if you just do what you know works um and you need the expertise but but yeah combination thereof so uh after a, a good five-year uh ish run with uh, wwe you begin a pretty much a decade as uh, uh working with the, the is it, i want to make sure i say this right Coliseo de puerto rico Yes, affectionately known as the Choli sale or the Choli. All right. So tell us about that transition. So the transition from WWE to Puerto Rico, um, as I mentioned, was also by design. And it was saying, okay, I've been doing this a few years. Like I'm working for this organization. I've got to do a lot and learn a lot. But I think it's time for, you know, what's, what's next? I want to do something new. And maybe now for a little while, I don't have to travel so much and I can be somewhere grounded. Um, sure. But I wanted to stay in the industry. I enjoyed it. So I was like, well, instead of doing the same show in different places, I could do different shows in the same place. So that leads me to being on the venue side. And I made a list of what do I want my life to look like? My family is a little dispersed around the U.S. and the world. So there wasn't a, a home base to go back to at that point. And I could, knew from growing up, I can really live anywhere I wanted one of the things I'm a solar powered person, I have learned, um, Vermont is not my place to thrive. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so like, you know, I wanted to be somewhere warm and there's sunny and things like that. So again, like we can say that that's not a big deal, but I think we all know weather affects our mood and I like to be sunny. Um, I really wanted to learn to speak Spanish. I did understand it and was starting to do some business in it, but you know, did not speak it that well. Stay in the industry some other kind of practical consideration. So I was like, well, where can I get this around the world? Uh, and I had my little list and ultimately, you know, long and short of it, Puerto Rico ends up on the list. And 
So I call and again, key story of my life for any, you know, people aspiring or, you know, with greater aspirations, I call and I'm like, Hey, I think I should go work there. No one called me. <laughs> I called. That's and, great though. You know, no, I knew, that's it. I, I, yeah, I knew the guy to call because I had previously introduced myself to him some years ago at an IAAM conference. And he's like, yeah, that's nice. (laughs) 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 We don't have a job for you. I'm like, cool, just give me a mic. And eventually called me back and was like, hey, we need someone to, you know, we're creating this director of events and guest services role and looking for someone, you know, with experience in the industry who can service both the productions and the fan base. And one thing I can say for sure in favor of WWE is that they care about their fans, right? Not all events and are thinking about their fans as much as, as they do. So I did have that experience. And then on the production side, not many productions are as demanding as they are. So I had that excited too. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, long story short, I, I moved down here. And my plan was kind of to stay for two years. And then I was thinking about Dubai, which had been on my list. And it's almost 17 years later. And here I am in Puerto Rico, (laughs) but living a global life. So super happy with that. Yeah. What is, what is it about Puerto Rico that you love so much? Like what, what has extended that two years into 17 years? Is it just always kind of, once you, once you landed there and lived there for a couple of years, did it just feel like almost a home home to your heart, which also sounds super cheesy, but you know, you mentioned you've got, you know, kind of homes and families all over, but like, does it feel like it's, it's home for you? Yes, very much. And it's exactly that. It's like home from my heart. And just every time I get off the plane and step out the airport, I'm like, "Ah," and it just feels like this is, this is the place. (laughs) It's where I feel best. Um, I'm very much where I feel I have community and it's just, you know, it's a vibe and a culture that where I feel at home. Um, it's very warm. It's very a place where we really, you know, humans acknowledge humans. Uh, and, you know, some of these things do sound cheesy, but I think we, they become cheesy through repetition, but because it's true. And sometimes it's not, you know, like you get biases and stereotypes that are, are bad. Um, but quality of life for me is wanting to say good morning to everybody. Um, and there are places that, you know, people look at you like you're crazy if you say good morning to them. Um, and, you know, where, yeah, you just always recognize the other humans around you. And it's a very, you know, it's a welcoming, happy place. And it's very alive. And I just really like it. Talk to me about climbing that, that ladder there. Uh, because, you know, again, as you mentioned, you started off, you know, as that, you know, director of events, but then I know you became the assistant GM and then to becoming the general manager. How did you, you know, how did you make, make that uh, work for you that you were able to, you know, kind of progress in your career while staying at the same venue? So climbing the ladder, I think um, key was having people that would support me and that endorsed me along the way. And I think, you know, we now talk about the difference between mentorship and sponsorship. And I've had some key sponsors that said, give her the chance. And I think that in terms of lessons to learn from my own experience that I remind myself and, and share with others is that that to those people trusted me to learn. They didn't vouch for me being the expert. You know, I've gotten, I think, been able to get people's trust in my career and support through demonstrating that I will not fake knowing things that I will ask and I will seek support and I will collaborate. I won't pretend to know what I don't know. And that, you know, I remind myself that now sometimes, right? 
because it is like, it, and I am an expert on things now. <laughs> I, I hope I always had value to add, but at this point, I and you know, towards imposter syndrome and things like that, I'm having to remind myself. Some, I was like, oh look, I know stuff, you know, and and I've done some stuff that's really hard for other yeah, people, right. and I work work with people who do stuff that's really hard for me, you know. But yeah, to demonstrate that, like, it's maintaining that curiosity, that openness, and like demonstrating that I, I'm here to learn and apply what I know as well. I think that's always a tough line to toe for anyone, both for yourself and also when you're uh, managing other people, but, you know, confidence and humility and when to, when to flex, which muscle, you know, and you kind of have to use both simultaneously sometimes, but like, you know, okay, I am an expert on this and I need to speak up and tell you why I'm an expert and you need to be able to trust me, but okay, I'm not on this and there's a lot of room to grow and I'm not afraid to admit that and and grow in that way. But that's such a tricky thing. And I think we've all worked with probably many people that are better at some aspects of that or, you know, than others, but it's, it's always a a tricky line to to toe. Agree 100%. I don't always get it right, but I still go for it. Now, during this time there, you establish uh, WE Enterprises, right? So talk to us about that. When I was younger, I meant to be an entrepreneur. I never really imagined myself having like a corporate career. And I feel that I've been able to find these roles where I'm able to have a great sense of ownership um, and collaboration and being part of global companies, but that like, you know, I can treat it as my own. Uh, and I like to approach things that way. You know, I don't, it's not just a job. It's something I really want to be doing and that I'm lucky enough to get paid for. Um, and I still had that entrepreneurial drive at the same time, um, started doing speaking and consulting and able to serve on some boards, um, and got into some investing and doing other things like this and like to explore that entrepreneurial side of the world in the time that I do have. So that's what it is now. Obviously, that, that has allowed you to kind of scratch some in, uh, some itches uh, yeah. outside the industry, which is pretty cool. And and you know, and for a while, you 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 kind of leave the live event industry, right? Where you go and spend some time working, uh, as so many of our our guests have done in the in the hotel industry, but also with Bacardi. Talk to me about leaving and then entering back into the live event industry. Yeah, leaving hard, entering awesome. Um, so, <laughs> that was pretty good. That sums it up. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. I think leaving was super hard, but I knew I had to do it um, and that I had to try other things. Like I was at kind of a turning point and approaching birthdays and stuff. And I was like, do I keep doing what I know and I'm doing well at or do I go like exactly scratch some of these itches and discover um, and you know, the adventure of life. So I, I was like, who am I? And I'm the adventure and life person. So I'm going to go do that. Um, and hopefully I'm, you know, did well enough in the venue world that if I wanted to return, maybe that door would be open. If not, you know, figure it out later. So I did, um, and really enjoyed it and learned so much. And I am like, you know, I think it's exciting now to return to the industry with other perspectives on understanding how different industries and companies work, um, and new, yeah, just ideas and networks and, and perspective. So yeah, it's, it was exciting. And then the return, um, it's fantastic. You know, just last week I was at Venues Now in Austin. And for me, it was like this great reunion of people that I just admire and love working with in an industry that, yeah, does feel more like home to me than the other ones did. They were awesome too. <laughs> but this is where I'm like, yeah. So just like when I get to Puerto Rico and I'm like, ah, this is where I belong. When I'm back in the industry, I feel the same. 
what are some of the key things that you learned from those roles outside the industry that you think you'll bring with you, you know, now that you're back in it, you know, I think that's uh, for people that do sort of dip away and then come back. It's always kind of interesting because some things are of course not applicable at all. And other things are, uh, you know, the same, uh, but, but in different ways. And I think that always is a fun perspective just to kind of see what things look like from outside. That way, when you jump back in, you're like, you know, maybe I was looking at it different, you know, looking at it wrong before. And now I'm, I've, you know, worked with Bacardi or whatever. And now like you might see partnerships totally differently that you may never have understood before because now, you know, you're just seeing it through a different lens. Yeah, exactly. Um, So let's see, a couple of things come to mind. That's a great question. The first thing that really comes to mind is cultural, I think, and maybe goes back to something we talked about at the beginning that you mentioned and has to do for me with the pace of different industries. So I'm working with OVG and it's high innovation and it's high growth. And so it's high pace. You know, it's people that are on their game, nonstop, go, go, go events and making things happen. Um, And I enjoy that. So Bacardi is uh, about to have their 160th anniversary as a family owned company. It's a huge global company, 7,000 employees on track to do $5 billion worth of business and growing and absolutely amazing. And I love them and they'll be family forever. Uh, they're innovating, they're agile, but it's just a different kind of mechanism, you know, and it's production and it's a whole different aspects. So I'm really grateful to have gotten to experience a large global corporate culture and how they operate and learn from that and take away value from that. But, you know, our industry's just got this go, 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 and you get the kind of high of the events and, you know, that energy um and i love it so um culture wise that was one of the things and i spent a brief time working with a technology startup i learned pretty quickly that wasn't for me and it had nothing to do with the company or the opportunity but again realizing culture wise what i like i'm so glad i tried now i don't have to spend the rest of my life wondering sure but being on a very small team is not where i thrive uh, same thing, venues and whatnot is like you know, pretty large teams. I love working with lots of people. Um, now I'm on a smaller team and I like that because they're all just incredible and we have the pace of it. But also then there's much larger extended teams and I still have contact with venues and, and all the people that involves. And, and I love that. Um, so I think the cultural part is, is a huge part of it. Um, what exactly what you mentioned, Paul, the learning about partnerships, definitely I have new perspectives on that. Um, and I have a very reinforced perspective that I've always had. And it was something part of why I joined Bacardi as I knew we shared is in Bacardi language, putting the consumer at the heart. For me, everything we do in live events is about the audience. Uh, and I like focusing on other people in my essence, I'm the hostess, right? The venues were hosts and I like bringing people together. So yeah, like an OVG, again, I like to work with companies that I resonate with their values that were aligned on that. Um, I want my work to have that additional layer of purpose. Um, and it's the same thing for OVG. It's innovating and how this company is growing and driving value is through focusing on the fans and innovating around the fan experience. And when you do that, it untaps all this stuff. So it's cool to, yeah, to see that applied in the marketing and selling of spirits 
and learn from that and from their agencies and their research and all this like rigorous business behind uh, <laughs> behind cool spirits brands. Um, yeah. And then bring that perspective back to creating amazing experiences and venues. I think one of the beautiful things about those experiences is you not only discovered so much about yourself on, you know, what kind of team size you like, what kind of pace you like, all these kind of things like that, but it's, it's just going to better inform you on when you're working with those types of businesses, right? So you might think, okay, we in this industry might be working at this speed, but probably a lot of other people are not working at that same speed. Or we in this industry or at this building or whatever might have a team of 300. Well, this company might only have a team of five. So, you know, if we have certain expectations, we need to make sure those are, you know, realistic for some of the partners we might be working with because, you know, they, they're probably operating at a different speed and a different size team than, than we are. So we shouldn't necessarily hold them to that same level. Yep. You're absolutely right. You know, you, one thing you've mentioned that's kind of been a theme through a lot of your career is, you know, em- embracing the diversity and then, you know, empowering women is also, I know, been a big focus and an, an important topic for you. Tell me how that kind of plays into, into your, your current role with OVG. Okay, yes, yeah, something I care about a lot. <laughs> um, same thing, from the first conversation that I had with friends at OBG and then Francesca and then Tim, it's always been part of the conversation and the, their desire to have a diverse leadership and workforce and particular interest in finding you know more women and people with international and diverse perspectives in leadership capacities. So I think that there is very intentional on their part and I think they mean it. Uh, and so that's where I'm here to be part of that. And I'm just like not even three months in, so I'm still getting to know the company. But last week, I also got to meet a lot of, of my colleagues um, that are from all walks of, of life, right? And that are equally excited about how we are able to bring representation and education and like driving that. So I think there's a lot of opportunities. I think that, you know, yeah, I would say stay tuned kind of. The company is ramping yeah, up sure. on that as, you know, same thing as the world reawakens and we're going to conferences um, and talking about and creating programs on, on what we support and believe. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing your passion and, and your, your adventures here with us. Before we let you go, I want to hit you with our fast five. It's just five quick questions looking for your short, immediate response. First up, what was your very first concert? <laughs> Vanilla Ice. <laughs> oh, man. I, I guess I don't get to tell the backstory, so I'll just leave it as the truth. <laughs> See that? It's a good conversation starter when somebody meets you. Uh, how about your favorite concert? Oh, that's impossible. Don't ask me that. <laughs> oh, many. How about your uh, your favorite vacation spot? I know you would like to travel. So what's what's if you if you could get away to anywhere, what's your what's your one go to? I think my favorite vacation spot is home because it's where I come to recharge. There you go. Uh, what, what's what's one movie that you can watch over and over again? I'm so not a movies person. Um, I don't I, I don't watch movies over and over again. What is your last question? What's your theme song? There's a reality TV show where cameras follow you all around filming your life. What's the song that plays over the opening credits? Well, there's a few, but I'm walking on sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to feel good. Hey, uh, thank you so much for sharing. If somebody wants to reach out to you or find you, uh, what's what's the best place for them to uh, uh, what any plugs you want to give? 
Um, I'm not too hard to find if you just Google Wesley Cullen and look for the short blonde haired woman. Yeah, for anyone that's listening, I would really love to hear from anyone who's doing international work or who is especially interested in doing international work. Um, sometimes we don't know who to go to or we haven't met those people. So it's a growing number of people. It crosses a lot of places. Same thing. Maybe you're working at a provider or a supplier at an arena and you want to work in Brazil or somewhere else. I don't have all the opportunities or the answers, but I'd love to see us creating more of an international colleagues uh, thing going on. And like I said, especially people who are interested, if they want to know more about my experience or how, where to follow or people to talk to or just anything, I'd, I'd love to hear from them. There you go. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We, we appreciate you and, and, and hope the, uh, the construction there in the neighborhood uh, quiets down a little bit for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Congratulations, guys. You've got a super pro at, at how you do this, balance each other out and appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. I wish I could learn more about you, but I know we'll, we'll meet out there and continue to get to know each other. For sure. And, and a big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We'd love your five-star reviews so you can help others find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. Let's go find some of that sunshine. Adventures in Venue Land is a side project of the Event and Arena Marketing Conference, a nonprofit organization bringing together people in the field of live entertainment to discuss marketing, publicity, and sales trends. Find out more at eventarenamarketing.com. Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker. Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.